Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Lord Jesus, we honor you tonight. You are our King, King of kings, Lord of lords, and we call you Lord. And we seek to love you by obeying you and following you in all of our ways. Thank you for our brothers and sisters who led us to the throne of grace tonight. Thank you for the opportunity we have, as Brother Levi prayed, to just pause in the middle of the week in the midst of distractions and uh, difficulties and joys and all that go together. Uh, and the dissettling things that are going on in our lives, we bring them all to you. You're the one who can solve them, and you're the one who has shown to us such grace and mercy and kindness uh, all the days of our life. We thank you for those who may be with us today who are guests. We thank you for those who join us online who cannot be with us. We miss them. We pray for them today, and we pray that you might... Restore them to relationship with us when they can come, when they're able. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity we have in your word to look at what the Lord Jesus said about himself and also what he reveals to us about what it means to be a Christian. We ask that tonight you would help us to understand your word and to apply it personally in our lives. And we thank you for that, and we thank you for the fellowship we have in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, good evening. Good to see all of you. If, you're, if you've not been with us, I'm Pastor Mike, and we're glad to have you if you're a guest. Also, I'd encourage you to pick up an outline. There's some here at the front, and then there's some on the way, uh, I believe, somewhere at the back, and it'll help you. Uh, you won't be able to follow me if you don't have it because I, we, we have so many various places we're going in God's Word. Nevertheless, uh, whatever you feel comfortable with, we're glad you're here. We continue to look at Matthew chapter 5. Let's read it together. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1 and going through verse number 12. What we're reading here, what we're reading here is the Lord Jesus speaking to his first disciples and explaining to them what it looks like to be a Christian. And so we read these words. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And then our focus for tonight will be verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word, and may the Holy Spirit now be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the focus tonight is this, on uh, the focal truth around which I'll make my comments in verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy is that the merciful are blessed with God's mercy. The merciful are blessed with God's mercy. Now let's go back and do some work here. 
What have we learned already about what a Christian looks like? What is the character of a Christian? What is it? How does, what does a Christian, when we describe a Christian, a follower of Jesus, what do we see in the Christian? Well, we see that only those who are poor in spirit go to heaven. We see it in verse number three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we've reminded ourselves that, you see, being poor in spirit means that I know that I have sinned and I am a sinner. And as a result of the sin in my life, I need a Savior. And because of my sin, I look to the Lord Jesus Christ and I believe that He died on the cross for my sins and that He rose from the dead, has ascended to heaven, and He is the one who saves me from my sin and gives me salvation. He saves me out of my sinfulness. And here's the amazing thing. When He saves us, He saves us from all of our sin, past, present, future, which is an astounding thought. Though we still will sin, though we will stumble, though we'll fall into sin as believers, think of it tonight. Your stumblings, even in the future, into sin are covered under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That's enough for me tonight. Praise the Lord. So we see that being poor in spirit is where we start. I am a sinner. That's what the poor in spirit say. I am a sinner. But then there is this mourning. Blessed are those who mourn. It is a spiritual emotion. It is a spiritual emotion that recognizes that I still have sin in my life. I'm a sinner by nature, by birth, and oh, by the way, even though I get saved, I still have an old, sinful nature. I want to do God's Word. I want to do God's will. I want to live for Jesus, but lo and behold, so many times I find myself being drawn by my flesh and by temptation and the devil back into sin. And I carry, as Paul called it, this body of death the rest, all the days of my life. And so there is a grieving about that. There is a grief that I still have this old sinful nature in me, as well as, praise God, the new nature I have in Christ. I'm a new person in Christ, but I carry with me this remainder of sin in, in my life. And by the way, believers still have great capacity to commit great sin even after they're saved. This is a very, this is a sad thing for us. So we grieve. But blessed are those who mourn, guess what? Because as we're grieving about our remaining sin, you know who comes? The Holy Spirit comes and comforts us. And I hope that all of you who are here tonight know the comfort of the Holy Spirit. What a special thing it is. And then blessed are the gentle, those who are gentle. We talked about the gentleness of the Lord Jesus Christ it is this, it's, it's beyond a uh, quality, character quality. It is a supernatural gift of God. When you're saved, God places in you a gentleness you did not have before. And so there is a gentleness that comes in our life. And we talked about that in uh, some detail. And notice the gentle inherit the earth. Why, who are the blessed ones on the earth? While, while the harsh and the difficult and the pushy and the the, the, the uh, angry and the hateful seek to do what they can to control the world. The blessing is that the gentle are those who experience heaven on earth by following Jesus. And then we talked about last week, spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger. When we talk about verse 6, blessed are those who are hungry and thirsting for righteousness. Hunger and thirst 
are physical qualities God put into our lives, but they are desires. We desire to eat. We desire to drink. It's the way our bodies are made. It is a natural, it is a natural function of life to eat and drink. And yet here it is eating and drinking righteousness. It's eating and drinking righteousness. And what do we see? We see this wonderful, strange uh, issue. The Christian is satisfied, but he's still hungry. Isn't that interesting? You know, generally when you eat a lot, at, uh, so here we're coming up to Thanksgiving. Get ready for it. I'm reminding you, it's coming. It's coming quicker than you think. And what will we all do who are blessed to have as much as we have to eat? Well, if you're like me, I'll probably do more than I should, and then I'll feel so satisfied, uh, I'll go and, and uh, go to sleep. So there's satisfaction. But you see, there's something here different when you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You experience the satisfying, the, the satisfaction that comes from knowing Jesus, but you want more. You're satisfied, but yet you hunger for more. So it is quite a strange paradox, but it's true for every Christian in this room. If you know Jesus Christ, you want more of God's Word. You want more of His truth. You want more of living for Him. You want to live like Christ. You want more that your life will be conformed to the image of Christ. And then we come tonight to this wonderful truth. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall receive mercy. So what is mercy and merciful? Well, I've given you here four ways to describe mercy and merciful. This is a wonderful truth tonight. It's such a strange truth for us in the United States of America. And by the way, what can I say to you tonight, tonight better than this? You know what America needs tonight? America needs the poor in spirit. America needs those who mourn. America needs the gentle. America needs those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. America needs the merciful. America needs the pure in heart. America needs the peacemaker. And America needs those who are persecuted for righteousness. America needs Christians to be the salt and light of the world. And that's how we show it. That's how we demonstrate it. Now, what about this matter of mercy? Well, mercy is a grace of the Holy Spirit given to believers when they're saved. Notice, God is rich in mercy. I've, I've quoted you here the famous verse, Ephesians 2, 4, but God being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, for by grace are you saved. Look at all the riches of God poured into salvation. His rich mercy, His great love, and His eternal grace. This is what God does for us, my dear friend. This is what happens to you when you're saved. You're saved by the rich mercy of God, the great love of God, and lo and behold, His graciousness goes on and on in our lives. How many in this room tonight have experienced the riches of God's mercy? He's rich to all of us and His mercy still is not exhausted. Isn't that good to know? We've all experienced His riches in mercy to us. His mercy... He saved us, uh, Titus 3, 5, I've given it to you there. He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we've done in righteousness, but according to mercy. We're saved by the mercy of God. We're saved by the mercy of God. 
Yes, we're saved by the grace of God, but the grace of God flows out of the mercy of God. What did Peter say? I didn't put it on your outline, but it's that great verse in 1 Peter 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again. According to His mercy, He has caused us to be born again. The mercy of God saves us. And the mercy of God sustains us all the days of our Christian life. So first of all, we are saved by the mercy of God. And then when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us, hear me now, we become merciful people. We experience inside the change in our life. And we who were merciless now become merciful Secondly, mercy is a spiritual... Now, this is going to throw some of you. I, want you, I didn't make a mistake here on the outline. Mercy is a spiritual pain. Mercy is a spiritual pain. It is a spiritual pain that recognizes the misery of the miserable. This is mercy. Blessed are the merciful... Blessed are the merciful, because the Christian has a pain for those in misery. Tonight we talk a lot about misery linked to mercy. Mercy triggers emotions in Christians. When they see misery, they're triggered to show mercy. This is the way, this is what it means to be saved. This is a natural result of being a Christian. It's not something you have to be trained to do. It's something you will do naturally if you're saved. Now, I'm going to use the Lord Jesus Christ to uh, explain these next few because this is, what it, this is the way it reads. We have in Matthew several examples of the Lord Jesus demonstrating His mercy. Here's the first one, Romans 9.36, excuse me, Matthew 9.36. The Lord Jesus saw the multitudes... I want you to read it carefully. And he was, some of your Bibles read, he was moved. Uh, but the better reading is he, he felt compassion for them. All right, now, when you see the misery of others, what do you feel? When you see the misery of others. What do you feel? Sadly, sometimes I hear around the church house, well, they deserve it. Well, they may deserve it. But didn't you deserve it too? And someone showed you mercy. When I didn't deserve it, I received the mercy of God through Jesus Christ. So Christians put their hands in their pockets. Well, you know, this is what the world has done. We get our own, we give our commentary about the world and how America ought to be and how the world ought to be. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to push this now on you. If you are saved, the saved man or woman sees misery and you feel pain for those in misery. And nobody has to take you to a discipleship class to teach you that. You feel it. And then you immediately, because that's what the Lord did. Look, the Lord had emotion, spiritual emotions, pure spiritual emotions. And when you get saved, 
God places in you by the Holy Spirit what I call these graces, these emotions. They're real. They're affections. They're emotions. And mercy is a spiritual pain that recognizes the misery of other people. We don't walk around. You see, the Lord saw the multitudes. He saw the multitudes. Maybe seeing the people. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed. Have you seen anybody today distressed? They were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Somebody you know is about to give up. Misery all around us. On the news countdown, if you listen to it anymore, it's just one act, one condition of misery after another. Misery upon misery. Misery upon misery. This is what a life without Jesus Christ is. A life of misery. A life of misery. And when you are saved, the merciful feel spiritual pain. They are moved. They feel compassion. Merciful is a spiritual desire to relieve the misery of the miserable. So not only do I feel it, oh, I really feel bad for them. (laughs) I've been in some church meetings. Well, I really feel bad for them. Well, that was about the end of it. I really feel bad for them. What are you going to do about it? If you feel bad for them, those who have mercy do something to relieve it if they can. We get in trouble sometimes with this. We read again, Matthew chapter 14. Uh, Verse number 14, again, this is another example in Matthew's gospel of the mercy of Jesus Christ. I'm displaying and I'm honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to know what mercy is, here's my point tonight. The Lord of mercy is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're saved, you have in you, you now are possessed by the Holy Spirit of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, 1414. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed the sick. Got off the boat and here they were again. Crowds went every... The miserable followed Jesus everywhere. The miserable were drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are the miserable drawn to his followers? Or are they repelled from us, and they remain in their misery. He felt something again. And then I want you to read this. This is uh, my, th- my fourth point on this, but I'm trying to expand on what it is to be merciful. And I didn't probably write the sentence the best way. The merciful must be merciful. I'm not meaning that as a duty. I'm meaning it as an absolute. They, this is the natural result of being saved. Or maybe I should say it this way. The merciful can't help but be merciful. How's that? Now I want to give you a great example of this. Go back to, if you you have your Bible, take take your, just turn over a couple pages to Matthew 8. I want you to look at this beautiful picture of the, of the, uh, the merciful Lord Jesus being merciful because that's all he could be is merciful. 
It couldn't be any other way. Look at these sweet words. These are wonderful words. So uh, Matthew 8, 1. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him, and a leper came to him and bowed down before him. Remember a leper? Terrible, horrible skin disease. You know, consumes and eats the flesh and the bones. Disfigures. It's a horrible, terrible disease. The leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, look, here's what mercy says. I am willing, be cleansed. That's what mercy says. I'm willing. I'm willing to relieve you. I'm willing to help you. Now go on. Here's another sweet one. And Jesus said, see that you tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and present the offering that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, number, number next. And when Jesus entered Capernaum, a centurion, now we're talking about a Roman, Roman soldier, centurion, top of the class, centurion, officer of Roman soldiers. You think soldiers are rough in the military now, go study your Roman history. Those are some of the roughest, coarsest, brutal Human beings who ever walked the face of the earth, the Romans. Here's the centurion. The centurion comes to Jesus, look at this, begging him. And Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. And look at what mercy says. I will come and heal him. I will do this. And I will come. I will come. I will help you. That's what mercy says. Mercy says, I will do this. Mercy doesn't say, well, we're going to have a meeting about that. We'll have a meeting and we'll determine if we can appropriate some funds for that. And maybe we can figure out if somebody can get it to you. No. Mercy sees the misery and mercy must Show mercy. If you are saved, you will show mercy. No one has to train you to do it. Well, those are very important principles for us tonight because they help us to, it helps to define those who are blessed. Why is it that sometimes in the Christian life we minimize our feelings? Are we afraid of them? Don't be afraid of holy emotions. Don't be afraid of your holy affections. Why are we afraid of our holy emotions? They are given to us as a blessing from the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me, let me say this to you. The, the Lord Jesus expressed holy emotions all of His life on the earth to demonstrate and display for us holy emotion. The Lord is the Lord of mercy. Uh, Matthew 9, 27, two blind men follow him. <laughs> what do they say? Have mercy on us. Blind, blind. Matthew 15, 22, a Canaanite woman began crying out, have mercy on me, Lord. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed. You remember the Lord acted as if he wasn't going to help her. Well, I, I just came to the house of Israel. Remember? And I've come to, you know, feed the house of Israel. And, you know, she says, but even the dogs under the tables get the crumbs. And the Lord stopped and said, 
you have great faith. The Lord Jesus said this about the woman. You have great faith, and what you have asked has been done for you. Have mercy on my son. Have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on my son. He is a lunatic and is very sick. Matthew 17, 15. Again, two blind men sitting beside the road. Maybe they'd given up. Somehow they found their way to this place. They sat there probably all the time. Two blind men sitting beside the road. And when they hear that the Lord Jesus is coming by, Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. The people said, quit yelling and quit bothering him. And they kept screaming to the one who could give them mercy. Well, when the Lord Jesus was born, it was the greatest act of mercy given to this world. We're about to come to Christmas time. We'll come here and we'll start to think about Advent. Why do we call it that? Because it's the coming of the Lord Jesus. It's His incarnation. It's very important for us to learn these profound truths of the Word of God. But here we have this wonderful song of Mary in Luke 1, 46 to 55. Uh, and I just, I want to read it. I gave you the pieces of mercy that are in it, but notice what Mary says. What, a, what an amazing woman, Mary. She was greatly favored, but she was a wonderfully godly woman. And Mary said, at a young age, by the way, a young woman, my soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for He has regard for the humble state of, the, of His bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name, verse 50, and His mercy is upon generation after generation. All of us here tonight are recipients as another set of generations of the mercy of God. And from the moment you were born, you began to experience, even as an unsaved person, the mercy of God. And when He saved you, He showed you His mercy. All mercy flows from the Lord Jesus Christ. And dear Mary here says, And His mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear Him. He has done mighty deeds with His arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their hearts. And He has brought down rulers from their thrones and he has exalted those who are humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. And he has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. The promises of God given to Israel were given by the merciful God. In mercy he promised a Savior. A Messiah, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And then we have the continuation in the prophecy of John the Baptist's father, Zacharias, when he could speak again over in Luke chapter 1. And uh, I'll not read all of it, but, but just a, a few verses here. Verse 72 He shows mercy, to, he showed mercy to our fathers and remembered his holy covenant. Mercy. God remembers His promises and in, by, in His mercy to those who don't deserve it, He gives His, he gives his mercy. He, he acts on His promises based on His mercy. 78, 
because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us. I want you to see the phrase, tender mercy. You know, the world makes you hard, doesn't it? The world makes you hard. The world hardens us. That's why the Lord talked about the soils and the the way the soils received the seed of the Word of God. It's the same when people hear tonight. It's the same with us who are here tonight. It's the same with those we know in our church, our belief. How is it, my dear friends, that we allow life and circumstances to so harden us. We don't like to be tender, do we? But here we see that mercy is tender. Mercy is tender. Well, I'm a real man. Okay, congratulations for whatever that means. But are you hard-hearted or are you tender-hearted? You see, the tender-hearted are pained by the misery of others. They don't say they deserve what they get. They remember that if they got what they deserved, they'd still be on their way to hell. That's the difference in the saved who have tender mercy. We talked about it Sunday about loving one another. Like the fellow said to me in that Bible study, he was so upset about all this about loving one another. He said, how long do I have to do that? <laughs> all your life. How long do I have to keep loving them? All your life. Because God loves you all your life. Tender mercy. See it there. From the tender mercy of God. The sunrise from on high will visit us. Praise God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The sunrise has come and the light is here. Well then, do I need to remind you again of what we spent so much time on on Sunday mornings when we were looking at the Lord Jesus, our great high priest? Hebrews 10, 17. He had to become like us. He had to become human. Fully human. I don't think we often think enough or meditate enough on the fact that Jesus Christ was completely human, exposed to every kind of temptation we are, exposed to every frailty, every limitation of human life without sin. And He didn't get a pass because He was the Son of God. He learned obedience from what He suffered. And it was real. And that's why... He is qualified, Hebrews 2.17, to become, wait a minute, a merciful high priest. I'm going to pause here. I've given you my quote that I said many times while preaching on this. The only pain in heaven is that of the Lord Jesus for the conditions of His saints on the earth. You see, the Lord feels what you're going through tonight while he's there in heaven. It's the only pain in heaven, in the heart of the Lord Jesus. That's why he, he's a tender high priest. He knows what misery 
you are experiencing. So what do we do? We go to the Lord Jesus. Yes, we talk to our friends. Yes, we want encouragement. Yes, but we, we tell it to Jesus. We speak with Him often about it. We come to Him as our high priest who is full of tender mercies. So, um, I'm convinced that you cannot but be merciful if you've been shown mercy. When God saved you out of your misery, you will live the rest of your life showing mercy to whoever, whoever comes across your way. And everyone in this room, you have people crossing your path who are in great misery, aren't they? They're in great misery. What did the Lord say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, has anointed me to preach the gospel, to look at all the conditions. The slaves, those in darkness have heard, have seen a great light. So many today in misery. The misery. Do you hear the groans of those in misery around you? Are we just oblivious to it? We got our little crowd. We run with our crowd. I mean, after all, if you see all that misery, it'll probably affect you. Well, that's good. It's supposed to. Ministry is a result of mercy seeing misery. That's the way it works. Ministry is the result of mercy seeing misery. And there's no lack of that around us today. The merciful are mercy-filled. How's that? The merciful are mercy-filled people. Filled with mercy. I love James 3.17. I've given it to you here. Here's wisdom from above. Here's wisdom from above. Pure. Peaceable. Gentle, and then look what James says, full of mercy. Just keeps coming. Show one miserable person mercy, we show another, we show another. We just keeps, the mercy just keeps being replenished. We keep putting it out, we show it, and more, and more. And we live in purity. We, we live with peaceableness, and gentleness, and reasonableness, and good fruits, and un, we're unwavering, and we are without hypocrisy. You see, the merciful care for the miserable, the merciful help the miserable, the merciful give to the miserable. You see, mercy reveals the heart, the true heart of a Christian. This is what's in our heart. If you're filled with the Spirit, you're filled with mercy. So, the blessedness of mercy. I just gave you one here as we're winding down. I want to elaborate here on a few things at the end and then we'll be done. You see, the merciful are blessed with continual mercy from the Lord Jesus. Now, notice again all of these promises that are attached to these characteristics of being a Christian. The poor in spirit have heaven. The mourner has comfort, shall be comforted. The gentle shall inherit the earth. 
Those who hunger first shall be satisfied. The merciful shall receive mercy. When you get saved, it doesn't mean that you've received all the mercy you need. It just simply means now you receive mercy as a saved sinner rather than a lost sinner. I am thankful today for the mercy of God in my life. Are you? He's shown us mercy. He's shown us mercy. In our misery, He showed us mercy. So, Hebrews 14, 6, we draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Please notice, to receive mercy. Well, you've got that condition in your life and you say, Lord, I need your mercy. It's going to take... We're down to the... The miserable exhaust all of their other... There's no way out of misery without mercy. There's no way out of misery without mercy. And God has put us here in this world of misery to lead people to Christ out of their misery. The first step for a person out of misery is to know Jesus Christ as Savior and be saved and experience the mercy of God. We have all of these examples. You know, we, we could go back to it again and talk about that beautiful picture. You remember, the woman comes with the perfume, pours it on the Lord Jesus' feet, crying, weeping, washing, you know, clumsily washing his, washing his feet with this perfume and then drying it, crying all over his feet, kissing his feet and wiping it with her hair. And what did the Lord say to the Pharisees who criticized her? To him who's been forgiven much, they love much. Look, I'm convinced tonight that your condition with Christ, your relationship to God is based on how much you appreciate the mercy God has shown to you. Think about His mercy on your life. Think about where you were when God saved you through the Lord Jesus Christ. It'll, it'll well up in you and you'll say, so now I'm going to do like the Lord. I'll help you. I'll go with you. I'll stay with you. I'll work with you. I'll give you this. We just keep doing it. It's what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ does. That's what the world needs. And so what do I do every day? As I show mercy, I go back and receive mercy. Because I need it. And I receive mercy and I find grace to help in time of need. Paul said this in Colossians, and I read it to you before. When Paul was talking about putting on, we've talked about this when we were talking about gentleness, about this idea of what we put on, it's like our new clothes in Christ. Let me go back and read it again. Our new clothes in Christ include mercy. He doesn't use the word mercy in Colossians 3, but he says something very important. He says in Colossians 3, 12, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, that's every Christian I'm talking to tonight. You've been chosen by God. You are one of His chosen ones. You are holy as a saint of God. You've been set apart because you've been saved. And now you are, uh, 
You are beloved by God. You are loved by God and you'll never not be loved by God. As a result of that, put on a heart. Uh, John's description, remember about if you see your brother who has needs and you close your heart. So this is what I'm saying to you now. You know what mercy is? Mercy shows you the condition of your heart. What good is a hard-hearted Christian? Not much. Somebody says, well, you know, if I'm merciful, somebody's going to take advantage of me. Well, of course they are. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with extending the grace of God through the mercy of God to someone else and letting them take advantage of you? Okay. Well, they're just going to keep taking and taking and taking, just like we take and take and take. More mercy, Lord, more mercy, more mercy. Lord, I'm back. In fact, I pray that way now all the time. Lord, I'm back. I'm back again, you know. Fill my cup. I'm empty. I'm back. Draw near to the throne of grace to receive mercy. So what do we remember from all this tonight? The miserable become the merciful through salvation in Christ. You were once miserable. You were once miserable. And I know many of your stories in this room. You were once miserably in your sin, in bondage, in darkness, living out of the lusts of your flesh under the dominion of Satan, controlled by other things, and you didn't have control. You thought you did, but you, had, you never were satisfied. You never were filled. Nothing was ever good enough. You lived in a life, you lived a life of total dissatisfaction and misery. And one day you heard the gospel and somebody told you about someone who had shown mercy to you and you ran to Jesus. And the merciful are those who were once the miserable. Praise God. And then what does the song say? Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. His mercy is more. His mercy is more. His mercy is more. But God being rich in mercy, you have a God who is rich in mercy. And grace takes away the sin. Mercy takes away the misery. That's what we need to remember when we go out of this room. Don't avoid the miserable. God's bringing them across your path. They might be in your house. They might be under your feet. They may be in the people you work with. You're, you're surrounded by them. That's wonderful because God puts His merciful ones around the miserable ones so that they might hear the gospel. So if you're around the miserable... Share the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ with them and be merciful to the miserable in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. His mercy is more. I wish I could sing, Shauna, but I can't. But I can hear that song in my head. So, my friends, when you feel merciful, be merciful.
Amen? Amen. Blessed, the Lord says, blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the merciful. They'll receive mercy. Mike, you've been merciful. Here's my mercy. Here's, here's mercy. I could call many of your names tonight. You've been merciful. Here's mercy. And live off the mercy of God, my friend. It'll help you in your misery. It'll help you overcome it. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord Jesus is near and at the door. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we are your people. We are those who have been brought out of the misery of our sinfulness and been saved and given the Holy Spirit. And you have filled us with mercy. May the mercy we feel be the mercy we show to the miserable. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.